0: life audio when we're using god's name to give something that god isn't in the business of giving right then we're using his name in vain we're taking god's name out of context and it's scary to me it it, it i mean god's god cares about his people he cares about his church i mean one of the one of the one times we see in scripture when jesus gets riled up in a way that I mean, man i think jesus is so patient but he gets riled up when the money changers are in the temple, using God's space, using God, the holiness, the the beauty of where God said, oh, this is, this is supposed to be a house of prayer, right? I mean, if we were as passionate about prayer as we were about our perfect bodies, things would be different in this culture.
1: Hey there, friend Heather Creekmore here. That was Amy Carlson. Whoa, this episode's going to be good. But first, I have a question for you. What do you do on Tuesday nights? If you've ever thought, I really just wish I could do the 40-day body image workbook with Heather, guess what? Your chance is here. <laughs> so I have just decided, I oh, you guys, I've just been wrestling, like, how do I... Like work with you around this content in a way that will help, encourage, and motivate you to go through the book content so you don't feel alone, and how do I do that in the best way possible, and I was going to do episodes around some of the content, and I'm still going to do that. But I really just felt like the best way to do this is to put you all in a group. And I understand that group coaching is not affordable for everyone. And I want to be clear. My group coaching program is different than what I'm about to just tell you about. Group coaching, we go deep. You have personal access to me. It's it's a much, it's, well, really a, a comprehensive program to dig deep into what's going on with you. But I am going to offer... For six weeks through Lent, really, I'm going to offer you the opportunity to participate in a group session one time a week for six weeks through the Lent season, and we're going to be going through my 40-day body image workbook together. The price is affordable. It's $49. We'll have a kickoff and then six sessions. So it's like seven sessions for $49 is like seven bucks a week. I would make it free, but here's the deal. I can only take so many people on my Zoom and if it's free, you may not come. I mean, we all kind of flake when something's free. So I need to have a little bit of skin in the game so that you will show up for these meetings. Now, there are two groups of people that I am going to offer it for a significant discount. If you are running a group of your own, if you are taking women through the 40 Day Body Image Workbook on your own, I want you to drop me an email, heather at compared to who and I'm going to send you a code so it's like next to free for you. And the same goes for my former clients. If you've worked with me, if we've done coaching together, if you've done my group program, if you're in the online program right now, it is absolutely free for you to join. I'm not charging you, but you're going to have to also send me a message, Heather at dot or most of my clients. You guys have my phone number, so send me a message so that I can send you that code. So here, the deal is Tuesday nights, 630 Central, starting February 13th, because Lent begins on February 14th. Lent is a 40-day period before Easter. And we are going to go through my 40-day body image workbook meeting once a week on Tuesday evening, 6.30 Central, 7.30 Eastern, uh, 5.30 Mountain, 4.30, sorry, California, (laughs) 4.30 Pacific. I will record the sessions for you. So if you have to miss one, you'll be able to watch the recording later. But I want you to join us. Grab the book. Even if you've already started it, hey, it'll still be good. You're just ahead. And we all know how helpful it is to be ahead when you have homework (laughs) because life happens. So I want you to be part of this. I'm really excited about it. You can go to my website, improvebodyimage.com, and you can click on the link. There's also a link in the show notes to take you right to the information you need to sign up and be part of this journey through the 40-Day Body Image Workbook. Hey, today, I'm airing the second part of our live podcast that we did with Amy Carlson. You listen to the first part on Tuesday, I hope. This is the Q&A. These are the questions brought by the live members of our audience that day. A lot of them are kind of technical about like, you know, maybe things that we experience in the recovery of an eating disorder and we got some different directions here, but Amy's answers are always so helpful and so gracious. So if you've got any kind of disordered eating, eating disorder in your past, you're going to Find these incredibly helpful, but also just hearing, I think, the stories of other women who are at various points in their recovery from body image issues and disordered eating, hearing their questions and Amy's response to them, I think will encourage you. So I am glad you're here today. Let's get right to it. The pressure is off. If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show and hey, tell a friend about it. But I I also want to loop back though. You said something very poignant and you said it to me when we were having a conversation earlier this week. So that's probably why it stuck out to me. But How many of you heard Amy say just a couple minutes ago? about taking God's name in vain and all this. Did anyone catch that? Our, our studio audience, you guys heard that? Like, did that jolt anyone else? Like, we're like, wait, what? What does that mean? Yeah, Amy, can you fill that out, Amy? I know the illustration when you and I talked about it earlier was kind of this concept that I've seen on social media over and over again, this, you know, pithy little things like, you know, I'm stewarding my body well, so God's going to bless me for doing that, like those kind of things. Can you yeah. just kind of briefly explain how is that taking God's name in vain?
2: Yeah.
0: Boy, Lord, I mean, we could just sit together like in a dung pile right and just confess our sins. So I'll 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 just say first just my own sin first. We use God's name to sell products, plans, um ideas concepts and we do that as a way of um and I, I think a lot of times it's it's not out of uh a, a like a I'm gonna we've seen other people do it so we're modeling what other people have done I think we believe um some people really really believe God's blessing me because i'm 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 eating less or or not eating this thing or and so when we use god's name to sell a product or to sell a plan for one it misrepresents the gospel that's not the gospel and 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 when paul peter said so that in acts that's on the steps right and he says you know he wants money and he says i, I don't have any money any he, and he says look at me he's going up the temple steps to go in for prayer and he said money you know i don't have but what i have i give to you get up and walk that's the gospel that's the gospel when we're using god's name to give something that god isn't in the business of giving right then we're using his name in vain we're taking god's name out of context and it's scary to me it it, it i mean god's god cares about his people he cares about his church i mean one of the one of the one times we see in scripture when Jesus gets riled up in a way that, I mean, man, I think Jesus is so patient, but he gets riled up when the money changers are in the temple using God's space, using God, the holiness, the the beauty of where God said, oh, this is supposed to be a house of prayer, right? I mean, if we were as passionate about prayer as we were about our perfect bodies, things would be different in this culture. Things would be different in our neighborhoods. Right. If we were as passionate about prayer, if we were as passionate about, about the people that don't have food, as we are about the 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 excess that we have that we're saying I've got to resist and I need to plan to resist. If we were that passionate about the people that are going hungry, the kids that are on the school meal program, you know, that that don't have food, and 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 we're like, mm, I don't know, am I trying to be good today by not eating that? It's like, whoa, man, Lord, I just Break my heart for the things that break yours, Lord. And and if we think about that taking God's name in vain, you know, it can I I can search my heart, Lord, where I'm doing that in any way um that isn't honoring to you, that doesn't that isn't really reveal the truth and the beauty of the gospel. When there are picked before and after pictures, and I know this this is going out to a big audience, maybe. And I recognize that people make their living on before and after pictures. And I, I, I just want to say that I, I'm not, when we do that and we tag God's name on that before and after, what we're doing is we're putting up an idol. There's an idolization and it's the optics of our desire. I'm going to read to you out of uh, Psalm 63. God, you're my God. I eagerly seek, seek you. I thirst for you. My body faints for you in a land that's dry and desolate and without water. So I gaze on you in the sanctuary to see your strength and your glory. My lips will glorify you because your faithful love is better than life. Let me say that again. Because your faithful love is better than life. So I will bless you as long as I live. At your name, I will lift up my hands. You satisfy me as with rich food. My mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I think of you, as I lie on my bed, I meditate on you during the night watches because you are my helper. All of that is he is the object. I will meditate on you. My thoughts on my bed will be on you. My, if that was my before and after picture, right? I'm meditating you. I will rejoice. You are my strength. You're my hope, right? Not this product, not this plan and not my body that, that is, is 10 pounds lighter or, or right. I'm not, you know, ha- getting, getting well and recovered and walking with freedom. we walking an object of our desire is, is not, you know, how you were talking about gluttony earlier. We actually are, are far less gluttonous when we spend time with Jesus because it is he who satisfies us as, 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 as though with rich foods right? So when he is the object of my desire, those things all come back to the middle and I get to love what he's created, food and being at the table and being in his presence. And so when people think, oh, if I didn't do this, I would eat everything. It's like, no, when you, when you are meditating on his goodness and his glory in the night watches, you're not like, Oh, I can't stop ruminating on a pizza. Now, again, I'm not saying, right, eating disorders, that's what I do for a living. And so, right, but, but what I'm saying is we don't go, I'm going to abandon this. And that means I'm going to, I'm automatically going to be struggling with this. Oh, Lord, be the object of our desire. Be the object of our desire. Rather than the desire be me, Right. That, that, that it's not, I'm not the object of my desire. And that's what, what so much of this is. I'm the object of my desire. Yeah. That's so good, Amy.
1: I think about my own story with disordered eating and an eating disorder. When I was laying on my bed, I wasn't thinking about the goodness of God. I was thinking about how I could lose a couple more pounds to reach the next goal. Right. And I'm not saying it's impossible, (laughs) but I just know for me personally, from my story and the women I've worked with, it's really hard to make body change and the Lord (laughs) equal objects of desire for me, body change always, always ruled the day. It consumed me. And probably there's some physiological aspect to that because I was hungry. Right. And so my body was like, no, we're going to think about food because that's what you need. Yeah. Um, so you know, not to shame anyone who's, who's done that because I have done that. Like, I love how you always are like, I'm going to confess my sin first. And you know, yes, I don't talk about any of this, anything on this show that I have. <laughs> I'm not guilty of, but, uh, uh, it, Oh, we get so distracted from loving God and loving others because culture tells us we need to love ourselves before we can do that. Well, and it's just a lie. Do we have any questions? I, I know a couple of you came in with questions, but we've gone to some great places today. Uh, Jonna, you had a question. Would you be willing to start us off with some questions today?
2: Yeah, I have about 9 million questions, but I won't try to hog the whole time. So I'm going to give you my most disgusting question. Oh, good. Oh, that's fun. (laughs) Love that disclaimer. um, Well, and uh, I was listening while I was shoveling my uh, driveway this morning um, for snow. Um, I was listening to an old podcast um, with Tracy Brown where... Um, Heather and I had no idea that this was related to dieting and stuff over the years. So it was I, I almost went into a little bit of a depression this morning. But um, mm-hmm. so um, I struggle with here's my question. I struggle with slow motility and digestive issues. Um, and right after Thanksgiving, I had probably COVID. I had a really bad cold and and stomach stuff. Um, and um, so since then, it seems like no matter what I eat right now um I'm fine during the day but at night I start to get really um full of gas and bloating and my husband has had brain tumor surgery and he can't smell but he can smell that um (laughs) and so I'm making I'm making his life very difficult (laughs) Mm. Um, um and it and I'm sleeping so I don't even know that it's happening but he goes to sleep later than me so um Any suggestions about what I can do to get my, like diet culture would say, and even when I've gone to a functional medicine person, you need to go on a keto diet or you need to, you know, do all these things, but doesn't sound like that's really the right answer. So anything I can be doing to fix this. It's a long
0: answer. It was not a disgusting question and it's such an important issue. I deal with gut stuff with eating disorder recovery all the time. And so it is a big deal. And it's interesting that that it was getting worse after, like you said, you had COVID. What I probably will do is not give you the long answer, but to tell you that there are some, If I, if you were coming to see me, one of the things that we would do is we would sort of look at what you're eating right now, look at what's kind of triggering your gut, and we would do some meal hygiene. You're right. Eating disorder history, past- um, can cause slow motility, it can cause delayed gastric emptying, um, all those things which result often in gas and and it can get triggered again, like you're saying by some different things. And that's not the same. It, you, you bring up a really good point because, um, you know, people don't use the word dieting really anymore. We, you know, Heather and I say diet culture, but it's really this obsession with wellness culture. People would probably say, And so even a lot of people who have a history of eating disorders, if they need to go to a functional medicine, it can be very triggering because there's a lot of elimination and a lot of, Mm -hmm. um, some of those things. There's some really basic things. I don't probably want to just blurt them out on here because they can be very specific and I don't want anyone to get confused about their own situation. Um, but we would do some meal hygiene checking. We would work on just pacing of your eating right now. We'd work on slowing down your chewing, right? Giving your body as much digestion up here as it, but then we would work on, do we need to use some supplementation um, that can help that right now, increase motility? Um, We would, we would do some of those things in a way that still honors you eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full in a wide variety of foods. If we found that a food was really triggering, I want that you bring up. A, a really sweet point here that taking care of our health and even working on recovery is not the same as diet culture, right? That's not the same as just quote unquote going on a diet, but I will tell you, or I, what you said, I think is so important for anyone who has a history of eating disorder. A lot of times um, doctors, even functional medicine doctors sort of give out real blanket sort of diet um, recommendations or plans that can be very triggering. They can be very, very triggering for somebody who has it. And even somebody who who does not have an eating disorder, often when they go and they're given sort of a blanket, you know, do this, it can actually lead to some disordered eating, which I think is a really important point. But you and I can take the, the, the GI question offline because I think it's a good one. Yeah, it's a really good one.
1: Well, I think Karen has another question about digestion. Karen, you want to shoot Amy your question?
3: Okay. Maybe this is along the same lines. Um, just having come from a situation of just a lot of stress in my personal life, I realize I've I've had like at night too, I'll just get like really bad indigestion or it's just like very bad heartburn. And I don't know if they're like, I am very fearful to go see a doctor because I don't want to be weighed. I don't want to, you know, I, I know that I can find a doctor that maybe won't want to do that, but I've just had a hard time. Um, getting the courage up because I have dealt with eating disorder in the past. And I'm very thankful to say that God has healed me and delivered me completely. Mm -hmm. Um, Sorry. Mm -hmm. but Yeah. yeah, It's a, it's an issue when, you know, I'm waking up in the middle of the night and I know that because of stress, I'm like having these like acid reflux things and I don't, and I'm not really eating a lot at night. I'm just trying to like, Mm -hmm. you know, sleep through the night. So. Yeah. So I would, I,
0: again, I would say that this is. Two things. I wish I could. um, I want to like take these, little. Um, this is where I just do this little hug, <laughs> and just do the yeah. I do that one. I just because these digestion issues matter to me so much because it feels in some ways like a remnant. You know, like you you can't get. It's like I'm I'm well. I'm I'm doing well, and then this thing is like, ugh, it's like the thorn in my flesh. You know, from from past and history. You hit something that's so important. Our stress affects our, um, it affects our digestion so much. It affects our digestion. Let me, let me just hit on a couple of things that you said. One, every one of you, I train my clients in this. um, Maybe Jean has an example where she could raise her hand and say, you do not have to be weighed when you go to the doctor. Okay. You can ask them to get three other measurements, heart rate, oxygen rate, if they want to, whatever, but just say, Hey, it's triggering for me to get weighed, and um, I either weigh blind, please don't show it, or I'm not going to weigh. It, you just—it's—they're working for you, right? You're not working for them, and they're working for the insurance company. You just get to say, "Oh, I don't—I don't, I don't want to be weighed." But what is what is interesting is, I wish I could replicate um, a believing dietitian that, and there are out there that that also understand GI stuff because it is a big deal and it matters. And what gets tricky is if you have a history of an eating disorder, then it kind of gets in your head again, right? But again, there's a lot of things there's, we can use ginger, we can, you know, these are all things that you probably know, but we can do kind of pace some of those things that helps with reflux. We get that helps with gut motility. We can use minerals and magnesium and salt and potassium to help with, with some of that regulation. Um, we can use, you know, there's a lot of different things that we can use that help with that, that are, all amazing. And, and we what we do is we have to take kind of case by case and say, let's help heal your gut where it is right now. But we don't have to do that by, as you said, Jonna, that I love that you said like, oh, you know, here's a keto diet, right? And you're like, oh, my hip brain is like, wait, so I'm going to use disordered eating to heal my gut. I don't know which one to do, right? But there's a lot of things that we can do that are really just gentle that it's like, okay, let's see if this helps. And both of the things that you guys mentioned are important and, and worth addressing. So I think maybe I'll have a call with both of you. Like that's how just going to, how that's going to work. <laughs> if I, the, one of the things I caution is to say, just blanket recommendations on a, a, a zoom sure. is that it can be a little confusing for somebody who's like, is that me? And, you know, I, I never want to give kind of medical advice outside of, in context of relationship, but. Absolutely. Yeah. Rachel, you had a question.
2: Oh, Wrong Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <Wrong butt. laughs>
0: Amy, hi, I'm so hi. glad to
2: meet you. Here's your hug for me. Oh, yay, thank um,
0: you. Okay, so our church, I know, is about to start the whole fasting talk um, this Sunday. And oh, every time, and I've heard, um, you know, Heather's done a lot of awesome podcasts on fasting, but it's still just like big trigger word for me, um, yeah. you know, because yeah. a lot of my disordered days were filled with how long I could go without eating, calling it intermittent fasting, you know? Yeah. I haven't actually fasted since I kind of have been in like a two-year journey of of recovery and it makes me nervous to do it again because it just, I don't feel like I'm in the right like heart space.
2: Yeah.
0: And I don't really know how to like navigate the conversations at church as they start talking. I'm not sure what he's going to be calling us to if it's church wide, but I don't know. I'm just kind of like, I don't know my, my place and what to
3: say as this starts on Sunday. So any advice? is very good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was a really fun podcast that Heather and I did on that because we talked, I think the podcast was even if you've had an eating disorder, should you fast? Right. And one of the things that we talked about in there is just how wide this is. So I think there's a place for corporate fasting. I'm going to say that just, I think I, one of the things that makes me very sad is that So much, there's corporate fasting in scripture, right? In Old Testament, more than new, there's corporate fasting. And there is very specific things in the New Testament about really, right, doing it in private. And I think that it's so interesting because I think it's become sort of trendy to kind of start the year almost ironically, when people are starting their diets, the church starts their fast, right? Oh, that's helpful. Um, And I think it's so unhelpful, and and I've had I've had so many clients be like, on whole thirty. Well, oh, that worked well because my church was fasting anyway. And and the object of our desire, right, is the Lord. Let me just encourage you this. Let me say this blanket statement. I don't think you should fast. I'm going to give you that advice today, <laughs> not from food. It, 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 if you have a history of anorexia, especially if you have a history of restricting, fasting in that way immediately and get your mind twirling in ways it hasn't been in a long time. And even if it's unto the Lord, your body doesn't know it's unto the Lord. Your heart, soul, and mind know it's unto the Lord, but your body says, "Woohoo!" <laughs> right? Like, oh, this sounds feels familiar. I don't know that the church as a whole understands that. I don't I I think, you know, when they throw out blanket things like you can fast from you know social media or that you know it's like great, but you still feel a little inferior than the people that are fasting lunch every Friday or every day, or and so it I I I grieve a little in that because I think I know a lot of people who who are hurting because of that and not knowing their place. Let me encourage you and say you're. I think you're doing the right thing um, by saying, oh yeah, I don't think that's for me, and I've had to do that for myself too. Even me, years of history of recovery, and I still. For me, I have to know how to protect my recovery in a way that I know my relationship with the Lord and, and the Lord's going to be, he's going to say, here's what, here's what I, you know, I want to fast into his word. I want to be like, how can I be in his word engaged in his, his word in a way that's different this month, maybe while the church is doing that. I think it's important for us to maybe have some of those conversations with our peers in the church to say, Hey, I don't know if any of you all struggle with this because you would be surprised how many people struggle. Right? They also struggle with the shame around not being able to fast, and many of them struggle with um obsession to keep going after the fast has ended. And so, I think it's worth a continued conversation. I think it's it's I think you're on on the right track. I think you're onto it. Um, I wouldn't be afraid if the Lord leads you to have some of those conversations within your church, if you feel comfortable to, I think we need to, as believers start saying some of those things like, Hey, yeah, I wonder if we could do this differently. Maybe not from the pulpit, you know, could we do this in our smaller, small groups, or could we do this in a way that, um, you know what I mean? I just, I think it can be really over. I mean, every year, again, January, here it is. Right it's like in my office is people feeling so much shame and just how do i handle this and it's so triggering i have one client who doesn't go to church all of january because of it She doesn't go to church all of january or she goes to a a a different church that says something right and it's and she couldn't love the lord more she's just like the most incredible believer so it's not because she's and and i mean i've heard people say you know well just don't do it or just get over it that's not that's I mean, can we all just be like, yeah, yeah. Mm-mm, it's not that easy.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, let. out of curiosity, our church just did a week of fasting and prayer. We do it with our staff. And so I'm a staff spouse, so we're invited to participate. And this is the first year that I really f- clearly felt like I could not participate at all mm-hmm. because I've tried it years past with accountability and some, you know, mm-hmm. Frameworks in place, but but usually by Wednesday, I'm like, ooh, I kind of like this empty stomach feeling. Ooh, I remember this. Ooh. And I know I'm headed for trouble. But I will say that I felt shame this time. I was like, mm. oh, I guess it probably shouldn't be, you know, I take a smoothie with me. I guess I probably shouldn't be drinking the smoothie in front of y'all. <laughs> hide this in my purse. So has anyone else, how many of y'all have just like show of hands? Has anyone else felt shame around it? Mm. Yeah. A couple hands going up. Yeah. And it's like, that's not, that's not the heart behind it. Yeah. (laughs) It's not, that's not what, what um, God's intention for fasting is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We have a question from Leslie.
3: Hi. Hi. (laughs) Hi, Amy. Hi. So good to meet you. Thank you for all your wisdom and your heart. You have such a beautiful heart. I love hearing your wisdom and, um, my questions are pretty, uh, maybe black and white, but um curious to know, just like what is the percentage out there of women who have had or experienced disordered eating or eating disorders? I'm curious to know about that. That's one question I have.
0: Had or has. Uh, you have that statistic, Heather? I don't have it off the top of my head. It's It's women. It's like, like twenty it really percent quick. or something like that. Mm. One out of five. so disordered eating is different. Oh, yeah. Eating disorders less than than twenty percent. Mm-hmm. Um might even be less than ten percent. But women who have struggled with body hatred or or dieting is like, you know, well over eighty percent. Right. Mm-hmm. So the the statistics that are body hatred, dieting, et cetera, are much higher than than what you would call an organic eating disorder, you know, sure. per se, diagnosable eating disorder. But women who struggle with body image or have dieted is like, you know, upwards of like 90% is it's quite high. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: And, and you would equate like any women who really diet, would you say like they have struggled with disordered eating in some fashion or...
0: Um, well, that's a good question. There's a spectrum.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: We put eating disorders over here, right? Normal eating here. There's sort of a, a, a kind of this right spectrum that's right. dietings in here and then eating disorder or disordered eating is a little bit further over. And so we get all the way over into full-blown eating disorders. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's an interesting question. I wouldn't say that everyone who has gone on a diet has struggled with disordered eating, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: but I would say that everyone who has, who struggles with disordered eating has dieted in some form Mm -hmm. or fashion because they have changed the way that they eat in order to, to shape and, and, and form their body. You know, I have people that have had to go on, you know, a low sodium diet or, you know, different, you know, I'm a dietitian. So, right. It's like, people who have high blood pressure or, you know, diabetes have changed the way that they eat for maybe a medical diagnosis that people would say, well, is that dieting? And they don't, they're not necessarily struggling with um, disordered eating, but, but those that struggle with disordered eating have done some form of, you know, changing their food rules times, you know, and so have dieted in some form or fashion. Yeah. yeah.
3: Okay. That makes sense. Thank you. Yeah. My other question, I know Heather has described you as a non-diet dietitian. And my other question is about like the couple that came into your office who you, you know, had a meal plan. They felt um, led by the Lord to take charge of their health. And you were like, nope, I'm not I'm not giving you a meal plan. Um, so are there scenarios where you have people in your office who have medical issues like heart disease or diabetes, where then like, it is appropriate to give them a meal plan. And how, how do you delicately do that? Like if, if it is appropriate um, without yeah. eating them down a road of. You know, yeah. So eating.
0: that couple, for instance, um, <clears throat> were eating, you know, going between eating, what I, you know, very, let's say healthy, right. And then lots of fast food and, um, she was binging and purging. And so lots of, you know, binging and et, et cetera, purging also lots of purging. So if you could imagine what they thought was going to help them get healthy was a meal plan, right? So we, we went in the back door and started on their understanding of food and their body. And we worked on the shame, we worked on the shame piece. And we worked on and in doing this backdoor way of going, let's do the, the real, let's, let's work on the real stuff, right. And listening to our body's hunger and fullness cues. And what is what does my body want to taste? So oh, it didn't really want to taste a Big Mac at noon, it actually wanted to taste a turkey sandwich and chips. And mm-hmm. right. So in the end, we got where they thought, they were going to get with a meal. Does that make sense? And the meal plan is the thing that makes them want to binge. Right. I mean, it's like, so the things that you're, the the question is how do I, they did need, they had stuff that needed addressing for sure. Mm -hmm. Right. Their, their, their relationship with food, their relationship with their body, how that related to their role in the church. They felt so much shame Mm -hmm. for being heavier than other people on staff. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, those are the, the, the issues that we were addressing. And out of that, they came to this place of wellness and absolutely there, are I mean, I have a, a client who, um, you know, we're figuring out that, that she absolutely does have a gluten intolerance and um, chances are she's, she'd been diagnosed celiac for a long time. And we're figuring that out based on diarrhea and, you know, all these different, you know, things And we're, I'm not like, la, 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 we don't, (laughs) because we're talking about food because food is right. This beautiful thing that, and how does it help us and how is our body responding? And so um, one of the reasons I don't give a meal plan per se, and again, if somebody comes for me from higher level care with an eating disorder and they, they leave their, treatment with a meal plan. I keep them on that meal plan initially. Absolutely. I'm, they are on that meal plan and we are working that thing and we are making sure that they are staying well. And, um, and, and slowly, you know, we're listening to hunger and fullness cues and we're making sure their weight stable. And, um, so absolutely there is a time and place where those things are, are relevant. Most people want to be told what to eat and when to eat it. They want and and think that then they'll get a magical body out of that. Mm-hmm. And so that's the meal plan I'm addressing when I'm saying, mm-hmm. hey, I'm not, I'm not somebody who gives out. Hey, you're going to, I always say, I can give you a hundred different ways to lose weight. That's not a problem, mm-hmm. right? That's, you know, cut your calories by a thousand a day. Good luck. See you back here in a week. <laughs> Right. Uh, don't eat anything brown. I always say that when I used to give talks, I would say, here's my new diet. Done a bunch of research, asked some people, looked some things up, don't eat anything brown. And I would say to the audience, What's brown? And they would start naming things. And I say, Don't eat any of those. Come back to me in a month. You think you'd lose weight? Yeah, you would. Because you know what? A lot of the food is brown. <laughs> right. Yeah. So people think they want a dietitian to tell them, this is what you can eat. This is what you can eat. And I say, let's listen to your body together and figure out. What what your body is asking you to eat. Let's listen to your family dynamics. What what is it like to be a mom and make food, and and how does that feel? Or hey, we don't can't even address food sometimes for a long time. (laughs) We can't even address food because we got to address the things that are behind that, right? Because if we start talking about the food, it's like a rabbit that goes back in the hole. You know, it's like okay, let's not talk about food.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. Well, and just to jump on there, Amy, it feels like, you know, the, the statement under everything you're saying is, especially for those of us with body image issues, right. It would kind of be nice if you could just write me a meal plan that would fix my body image issues, which is really what dieting is promised, right? Yeah. Like here's your meal plan to fix your body image issues. Here's your meal plan to feel better and be an after picture and all of, all of those things. But the truth is what's beneath the surface of our body image issues, it's so much deeper, I would dare say like spiritual than just the way you eat. Mm. And, you know, we want to think about the way we eat. That's the, uh, that's the easy thing to fix,
2: (laughs) right? Yeah,
1: It feels hard, but Mm -hmm. that's the easy thing to fix. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's the harder work that's required to feel okay about the way we show up in this world
0: yeah yeah it's so true heather and the 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 if we go back to this precious couple whom i just love and adore and respect they came after a retreat right a pastor's retreat and one of the things they felt convicted about after meeting with is that we're not taking care of our health and so we need you to help us take and as we as it was so cool because as what they thought they were coming in for was to address this idea. Of we're not taking quote unquote to care of our health. And what they got was so, so much more than that. And it was true. Hey, we're not taking care of our health because you're in the diet culture. You're this is your, you know, and the things, and it was, it was what was really interesting was that as they continued to get well, there was a lot of pushback from their church, a lot of pushback in even the the, the culture around that. It's really, really eye-opening. Wow.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we've got one last question as we wrap up here today.
2: Alrighty, I'm gonna read that for you. This is actually for Presley. She didn't mind me saying um it was from her. So I'm gonna just say here we've got um so question is, I've struggled with binge eating as a result of comparison since I was a small child using Mm -hmm. binge eating for comfort and to disassociate. And I wonder how you would advise Amy here to unlearn those patterns of behavior and go more toward intuitive eating.
0: Yeah, that's a lot. That's oops. I've just dropped my ear. (laughs) I just dropped my ears. Oh, I just am so tender towards that. It, it it matters to me and it's, um, I myself, you know, struggled. I know you've all heard my testimony, but anorexia, but also um, binging and purging and orthorexia just covered them all. You know, I just thought I'd cover them all before I <laughs> got well, but it matters. And um, I think that's a really long answer, right? It's a long answer, but let's say that you were coming to me initially and this was your history, we wouldn't necessarily just start with intuitive eating per se. We would start with what I would call a template. Um, We would, you know, sort of create a template in terms of breakfast, lunch, and dinner and make sure you had some snacks so that your mind and body knew that you were going to eat every few hours. And so we would practice the rhythm of that and holding that space for recognizing, is my body full? and I know I'm going to eat in a few hours again. Because when we, and this is true for a lot of my my eating disorders, we don't just jump into intuitive eating right away because it's really confusing and disorienting. And it's like, oh, I'm never hungry. I don't, I'm not hungry till five o'clock. This intuitive eating thing's great. <laughs> it's, it's advocating for my restricting. This is working well. Um, but the other is true. Um, you know, they somebody might say, well, I'm never full. And so we We have to relearn those, those signals, those hunger and fullness signals. And so with binging, especially we work on grounding, right. And we work on creating rhythm so that your body and mind anticipate what's coming in in the best way possible. We, we work on variety. So there's foods that we, that we love. We work on challenging some foods that maybe historically would have been um, scary, you know, we would maybe even do that in session things that, you know, I always binge on this food. We might practice that in session. Um, you know, we may take trigger foods out of the house for a while that, that are just too overwhelming. You know, we, it's not like we would say to an alcoholic here, have all this, you know, alcohol right here in front of you, but sometimes we have to just make, we have to work on things sort of a little by little, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a really Beautiful kind of process of relear- relearning that, but I I just I'm so glad you asked that question about intuitive eating because um, re- recovery doesn't just happen by saying I'm going to learn how to be a retu- intuitive eater. And I think some people feel that like, oh wow, I'm not doing well because I don't auto intuitive eat. And it's like, oh no 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 no, we'll just take our time, just learning to trust our bodies again and learning how to anticipate. My, I'm going to get enough and Um, learning to add foods back in that I enjoy learning to add foods back in that I thought I would never eat again I didn't have a salad for a really long time I was like if somebody puts a salad in my face I'm gonna throw it back in their face (laughs) like I would I would and and learning to eat those with other things and so yeah it's kind of a it's kind of a, a fun wild ride but
1: I love it Amy, thank you so much. I mean, I hear in all that recovery is worth it. So don't give it's up. It's
0: worth it. It's worth yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, would you all help me through either virtual applause or unmuting yourself? <laughs> Just saying thank you to Amy for being with us today. Oh, you're getting lots of thumbs up. Thank lots you, of
2: thumbs
0: Amy. Thank <laughs> <went> <laughs> So oh. nice. Oh, this makes me so happy. Okay, I'm gonna always vote for a live audience now because this is so funny. <laughs> and I always tell other, I'm like, we had a live audience, I'd get so riled up. I'd get so riled up because like when I know what I'm fighting for, I'm like, oh boy, I can't breathe. I can't
1: like <laughs> oh this was so good. And thank you to our live audience. Thank you, ladies, for being brave for bringing your questions and just for being a part of what we're doing here. So thank you all. And thank you for listening (laughs) or watching us on YouTube today. And I really hope something today has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. Hey there, before you go, remember you can spend Tuesday nights with us through Lent doing the 40-day body image workbook. Go to improvebodyimage.com, find out more, and get signed up. Save your spot, because I'm only going to take so many. Zoom will run out of places. <laughs> so I hope to see you there. And the Compare News Show is proud to be part of the Life Audio Podcast Network. For more great Christian content, go to lifeaudio.com.